and you're listening to Dream Infringement. Dear Dream Infringement, on Monday nights between 6 and 7, I find that I just don't know what to do with myself. It's like that hour is an empty glass and I don't know what to fill it with. Some of my friends tell me I should move my dinner time to six instead of five, but that simply is not how I roll. What should I do with this befuddling hour? Signed, Mopey on Mondays. Mopey on Mondays, I'm concerned for you. I feel more surprised that you took the time to type a letter on a typewriter. Yes, that's a lost art, some might say. It is, it is. Um, I'm also surprised that you know about our show, but don't know that it's on Mondays from 6 to 7. I think Moby on Mondays is a cool cat, because first of all, he's using a typewriter to, you know, as the medium for his correspondence. Second of all, he knows of our radio show, but has not listened to it, okay? And and I think that that's the formula for, you know, someone who's like low-key cool, which means that this man has taste. And if he has taste, that means he has taste, good taste, I might say, in, you know, entertainment, so what would be the perfect thing to fill the hour between 6 and 7 p.m. that someone like Mopey on Mondays with good taste would enjoy? I mean, there's only one answer, Bobby. Yes, it's not the nightly news with no, Lester Holt. No. I mean, never mind. No, not that. It's dream infringement. Of course it is. Yes. How is it not? Yeah. What it? <laughs> Poor guy. I was gonna say, what has he been doing? But apparently, I mean, that's the whole. <laughs> that's the whole issue here. Yeah. What has he been doing? Well, we know what he should be doing. It's listening to dream infringement on kskq between the hours of six and seven and so obviously we've procured this really helpful advice for mopey on mondays and we know that if he puts it to use it's it's going to help him it's going to make his life a lot better and actually we've kind of snuck in subliminally our theme that's right we love giving advice so much that we have curated uh, some questions that were asked of other advice giving people advice columns spanning decades spanning from the early 1900s to now these are people who have who have needed help and they wrote into someone and guess what we're giving them their our unsolicited advice which again like Emily said we're very good at we love giving advice Two people who never asked for it. So that's what this show is all about. And that show is called... No One Asked Us. Because nobody did ask us. But we're giving it to them. So, without further ado, here is the first song. And that song is called... Please Mr. Postman by the Marvelettes. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, wait, hey. 
I'm in love with two boys, and I don't know which one to marry. First there's Andy. He's sort of blonde and sells insurance. Mama likes him, which helps a lot. He's very reliable, and he seems anxious to get married. Then there's Tony. He's dark and sort of gives me the creeps, but they're awfully nice creeps, if you know what I mean. I don't know which one I like best. In the daytime, I like Andy, but I believe I like Tony better at night. Which one do you think would make the best husband for me, Andy or Tony? Hmm. Daytime Andy and nighttime Tony. It sounds like a sequel to Guys and Dolls with like a gangster with disassociative identity disorder where it's like daytime Andy, nighttime Tony. I can see this very clearly in my head. So I'm holding symbolic scales in my hand. On one we have Andy who has an income, is serious about marriage, he loves you, he gets along with your family. Okay, weighed against Tony who is creepy. So I assume that your mother knows about him and doesn't like him. He doesn't have a job and he doesn't want to marry you. So basically the only thing he has is is creepy sex appeal. I would like to posit that if you've been in a stable enough relationship with Andy to where he is serious about marrying you, I'm assuming he doesn't know about Tony. And to my mind, this is very much cheating, and Andy would probably be pretty devastated if he knew the truth, that you were so flippant between both of them, that his honest and sincere feelings was almost like a game to you of like, who do I like more? Hmm. And that's not fair to either man. Obviously, I think that perhaps you're not mature enough to even be in a marriage if you don't respect either man enough to be honest with them. I think you maybe need to reassess your priorities and while you do that I think maybe you should be single for a while because this is not a way to treat other human beings. Ask yourself the question, would you like this situation to be reversed? That you were really interested in Andy and Tony and they we're seeing seriously other girls on the side. Would that make you feel good? <laughs> I assume it wouldn't. Just because you like the male attention does not justify treating other people this way. So I urge you to uh, go stag for a while. To be honest, I'm getting bad vibes from both of them. I'm not a fan of daytime Andy's close relationship with your mother. And I think Tony is just trying to have a good time. It's not gonna. It's not gonna last. Yeah, and it, it concerns me that uh, you said that nighttime Tony gives you the creeps. If you know what I mean, um, I don't know what you mean, <laughs> and I'm worried for you <laughs> and the kind of uh, men that you choose to surround yourself with, and so. Borrowing a page from Jennifer's book of advice that she's just given, I think maybe it would be a good idea for you to choose neither. Yeah, choose neither and go for a in-the-middle kind of person. Middleman Manny. An afternoon. Afternoon 
Hank? An afternoon Hank. Find yourself an afternoon Hank because nothing good happens in the morning. Nothing good happens at night. Afternoon, you just got off of work. You know, you can have dinner with the family, maybe catch a movie. And then that's where it ends. And maybe afternoon Hank will, you know, get along with your mom and also give you the creeps. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Which you shouldn't. Because <laughs> no one should really give you the creeps <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, it feels like the beginning of like a cult-like uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Where you can't stop yourself from following this person yeah and then you become his mouthpiece you know that hands down um instructions to the rest of the followers and no one actually sees nighttime tony just you that's how this story ends so find yourself an afternoon hank but before you find afternoon hank take a break learn a little bit more about yourself read some books watch some really good films I have a few that I could recommend. If you know what we mean. (laughs) All right. Well, we hope that helps you. And um, yeah, neither guys, neither sound like good news. I am 10 years old and I want to get married on the moon. Do you think they will have a rocket ship that will get me to the moon by the time I am old enough to get hitched? Signed, Neil. Ladies Home Journal, 1968. Oh, Neil. Sweet, lovable Neil. I think it should be noted that this was a year before man first walked on the moon. That's incredible. Yeah. He must have known his, like, uh, outer space spidey senses were percolating. Yeah. 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 And uh, here with us to give a, uh, was he 10 years old? Mm-hmm. To give 10-year-old Neil some helpful advice, maybe something inspiring, is our almost 8-year-old son, Weston. Weston, did you have any advice you wanted to give to Neil? Yeah. Hey, Neil, um, I'm, I'm Weston, and I want to tell you, someday you will be old enough to get hitched. Some, yes, and, and you will... You will get married on the moon someday. I know that one day your creative spark will will flare, and you'll get and you'll get to take to the rocket ship and get married there. I'm I'm very inspiring. Yeah. That's yeah. really that's that's beautiful, Weston. Thank you. Um, and any other you have any other words you want to say to any kids out there who maybe um, have a dream one day to get married in a place that maybe is uh, not very. Um, not very normal. Not a normal location. Right. Maybe outer space. Oh. The top of a, of a oh. volcano. Oh. 20,000 leagues Dude. under the sea. No. no. Okay. Okay. I don't have any advice for you kids out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> the advice from a 7-year-old <laughs> to a 10-year-old or 9-year-old in 1968. Um... Oh, no, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I was going to say that the moon is probably the safest place to have a wedding right now. Not true. Yeah, there's no COVID-19 on the moon. Not, Not yet. Not, Not that we, Maybe I would imagine somewhere out there on the internet, 
on a ch- in a chat room, there are definitely conspiracies <laughs> having to do with the virus being on the moon. So if a pandemic is a worldwide virus, what would be like a an intergalactic demic? What happens <laughs> if it spreads to other um, planets? Um, Mars virus. Moronavirus. Oh boy. Speaking of which, Tom Cruise is in the works to film a portion of a movie or a scene or the whole movie. I'm unclear about how much of the movie is going to be filmed in outer space. You couldn't hear my big eye roll, but (laughs) it was there. Yeah. Maybe if I put the microphone really close to her eyes, you'll hear it. Okay. Do it. Do it. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Uh, um, I think my eye roll sounds more like. <laughs> oh, more of a swish. Yeah. Oh, okay. more, more of this. More, more of this. A grind. More, more of more of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you've now arrived at the sound effect portion of our show. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this <laughs> this part of the. Ad- we're going to wrap this part of the advice up. On to the next question. Well, Neil, being as I am from the future, there's something I need to tell you. In 1977, when you are 19, something magical is going to happen. It is called Star Wars. Star Wars happens. And your deepest desire will change from wanting to get married on the moon to wanting to get married on Tatooine and will culminate at a cosplay convention with Darth Vader as your ordaining minister and Chewbacca as your best man. And it will make all your wildest dreams of getting hitched come true. Okay, so the song we chose to play next is Write About Love by Belle and Sebastian. I know a spell that would make you well. Right about love, it could be in any tense, but it must make sense. There are two children that live across the street from us, age six and nine-ish, who have serious boundary issues. They walk into our house without knocking, ring the doorbell during the day when my husband is sleeping, ask us for food and drinks, or just help themselves without asking, and ask my kids to give them their toys or money. We are very firm with them, always telling them, this is not your house, you have to knock, or you can't have our dinner. We are firm, but they are willful and resistant. It's a constant battle. What do we do? I didn't see any mention of these children's parents, um, whether or not you'd spoken with the parents about it. I mean, there is a possibility that these children are being neglected, maybe don't have anything to eat, and it's more out of desperation and not out of ignoring boundaries that they're like that. Um, and you might get a sense of this if you met the parents or asked the children, like, don't you have food at home? Are you starving? If it seems like the parents are providing their children food and they're not abusing them, you could try and embarrass them a little bit by saying, like, your children are here 
all the time asking for food. You must be starving those children. Aren't you feeding those children? You know, like, goodness, you, you would think they, they hadn't eaten in days and uh, something like that might make the parents feel embarrassed that their children are like doing that. The other thing perhaps you might try is talk with the local law enforcement and see if an officer would be willing to come by and look intimidating and tell the children that they're breaking and entering and they're stealing and they need to not do that um, and see if that helps them understand the seriousness of the situation because truthfully they are breaking and entering and stealing but I would have to know what the parents were like to know how to really spin that off because you don't want if the parents are abusive you don't want to do something where they just abuse their kids more so it's kind of a good thing to feel out first maybe a good old call to child protective services if you think something is happening that should not be happening i think in a sitcom world okay this is like funny and sweet yeah what is this full house yeah i mean you know in a sitcom world you have kimmy gibblers or steve urkel's like coming by and eating you know the family's food you know, coming by unannounced, walking into, you know, into the living room, just opening doors um, and kind of like making, making it like this is normal, okay, in a sitcom world. But in real life, if someone was actually doing that, it would be extremely off-putting. Would you agree, Emily? I would agree. I would be very concerned about these children but also, I, I feel like the people asking for advice might be contributing to perpetuating the problem in that it sounds like they are not locking their doors. Yeah. And, and do they have, did it mention that they had children? They do have children of their own. Yes. So I wonder if it's one of those situations where they're kind of flattered at the at the idea that there's there are these other children that find their home inviting and kind of like make have made a place for themselves it's odd to me that the children are asking for money so it's not just food it's money too so in that way i do have to agree with jennifer i think like the way you go about this is you uh, make contact with the parents kind of fill out what's happening there. If it seems like a suspicious situation, then, you know, we'll probably have to get some legal stuff involved. Yeah, because if you think about it, you know, if you talk to the parents, I bet if you talk to even to the, you know, to, to even either the mom or the dad, probably within minutes you would really f like get their number down you would figure out like what exactly is going on whether the parents care or not whether they're the kinds of parents that if you did you know <laughs> threaten them with calling cps uh that the parents would make their children pay for it pay for that like in some way the children would be you know unreasonably punished 
I think we're jumping to some pretty drastic conclusions. I don't I don't think you should threaten anyone that you're going to call CPS. Well, Jennifer like said be a threat. Jennifer said maybe just mention CPS. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, here's another I just came up with another idea. So, it sounds like a power struggle also to me. Children just showing up showing up randomly at your door, right? They're in control of the situation, clearly. It doesn't matter what you're saying or what you're doing. So my other advice, I mean, definitely there needs to be communication with their parents, first and foremost. Second of all, have an invitation. Invite the children over. That way, whoop, control, power, situation, reversed now you're in control of when they come over maybe you can schedule something with their parents like thursday nights is neighborhood kid dinner night but also please stop asking me for money yeah i think that's a great idea or you can booby trap the front door so when they walk in there's a hole that they fall into that hole leads to a slide that then goes straight to their back to their house back to their house so these children they just they don't even get past the threshold um so yeah there, there's many bits of advice that we have given in this situation but i think definitely using a little bit of psychology to create boundaries where clearly there are no boundaries because mm-hmm. then if you have a designated evening for dinner or afternoon for lunch or whatever you decide to do and the kids show up you're like well it's not thursday so wait till thursday can't wait to see you then yeah that's the door slamming yeah and simply just like now please see your way out because we are our own family and we need privacy okay my other question for this person is are their kids friends with these kids are their kids just inviting these kids over Yes, that's a good that's a good thing to find out. Are are your children portraying your household as not having the boundaries? Yeah, maybe your kids are like, you can come over anytime. It doesn't matter. We have so much food and money. Take whatever you want. <laughs> take what you want and uh, use what you take or one of those situations. My dad works nights and sleeps all day. He doesn't care. Oh, does the dad work nights and sleeps all day? I kind of just assumed since it said her husband will sleep during the day. Okay, that might be a greater issue. Like, that might be something else. Is the father depressed? (laughs) Is he actually working all night and sleeping all day? Or is he just sleeping all day because he's depressed? That's another... that's, that's, That's more than what we signed up for bobby okay well there's our unsolicited advice so the next song that we're going to play is tears in the typing pool by broadcast dear abby I am 10 years old, and my daddy said that when I saved enough money, I could buy anything I wanted with it. All my life, I have wanted a monkey. I have saved $14. I asked daddy if I could buy a pet monkey, and he said no, because I wouldn't know how to take care of it. My mom is the fussy type, you know. Everything has to be just so. 
Do you know anyone who has a pet monkey who can give me some advice? Sincerely, wants a monkey? Well, since your father does not want a monkey, because he says you don't know how to care for it, perhaps you should go to your local library and research what's required to take care of a monkey. Show him that you do too know how to take care of it. The cheapest monkey is a marmoset, or pocket monkey. It will grow to about five ounces and prices start at $1,500, so you should continue to save your allowance. You will also want to make sure they're legal in your state and where the closest veterinarian is who will even treat a monkey, because many don't, along with the closest doctor, because most monkeys are aggressive and have behavioral issues, expect some injuries. You will also need to build a 20 to 30 square foot enclosure, and you will need to invest in lots and lots of diapers if you will ever want to bring your monkey inside, as they cannot be house trained. Monkeys can live up to 40 years, and it's estimated they cost around fifty dollars to $60,000 during their lifetime to keep as a pet. Well, once you show your dad that you can handle, afford, and take care of all of this, perhaps he will relent and let you have the monkey that you so desperately want. All right, wants a monkey. I'm going to tell you what I told my son at a in the innocent age of five years old when he said he wanted a pet skunk and that is that when you are a grown-up if you still love skunks you can get a skunk for yourself and take care of it and have a home that accommodates a skunk but right now our home is just not ready for a skunk and so if your home clearly is not ready for a monkey then maybe if you're patient and you become a grown-up and you still really really want a monkey then you can decide to do that on your own because maybe your parents are just not ready to have a monkey in the house i feel like once a monkey should also look into how people are procuring monkeys to sell as pets because i feel like there are some shady shady business practices happening and i'm pretty sure you're not going to want to contribute to that so i would strongly suggest looking into uh what's behind those businesses where they're getting the monkeys um yeah yeah you definitely want to consider the source because attaining monkeys in this day and age is actually a controversial subject um, I don't think there are many monkeys that need rescuing. It'd be different if it was like a rescue monkey, but I've never heard of that. And honestly, most monkey owners that I have seen like on television, um, like being covered by the news after a horrible accident happens or the monkey turns on them, um, they're not they're not like the best examples of of wild animal pet owners most wild animal pet owners are not good examples of wild animal pet owners i think that the sentence wild animal pet owners <laughs> should not exist at all this is yeah. not this is not good stuff you know 
Do not get a monkey. Don't do it. And I'm going to get real with you, wants a monkey. So here's the thing. Jennifer, she broke it all down to, you know, for you, like everything that would be involved with taking on the responsibility of having a monkey. And honestly, all of those things are very unattainable, especially for a little kid, let alone a grown grown adult. Um, and I just, I don't see a good future for being a monkey owner. I just don't. Um, the monkey would be better off in the jungle um, or in like a like a legitimate zoo. Um, even then, that's kind of like controversial. But um, maybe you should read more about monkeys and how they live in their natural environments and kind of like develop the kind of love for wild apes or monkeys, the kind of, like, love that Jane Goodall had. Yeah, uh, if you really love monkeys, then figure out how you can prevent their hab- their natural habitats from being destroyed and, you know, become a conserve, conserve, conservationist, conservationist? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Do that. Or, or just find a way to, instead of making them come to you, Find a way of going to them, you know? Maybe that's that might be a more nobler pursuit. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Wants a monkey. That's our advice. So here is Amsterdam by Guster. with a young man and we have quarreled over another man who is always trying to make trouble for us. Shall I try to win his affection or shall I go around with others? Also, how can I clean white gloves? Yours truly, Blue Eyes, 1910. I do really wish I knew what trouble the other guy was causing. I, <laughs> I'm at a loss. My advice is to find a different, find a different boyfriend. Don't like our first advice to the first for daytime Andy and nighttime Tony. Spend some time alone. Spend some time single. This is a lot of drama. Yeah, and and I think we should explore the possibilities of what the trouble is that this third-party man is causing for you and your boyfriend. Um, It seems that it wouldn't be trouble that's outside of the romantic zone uh, because it seems that your boyfriend, who you're asking if you should just like continue to pursue a relationship with him, seems like he's, that he would likely only be put off by some kind of romantic interest. Mm, Yes, and were you flirting with the other guy? Because that could be the very, that therein could lie the crux of the situation is that you are attracted to this man who is causing trouble for you and your boyfriend. So I feel like you're kind of pushing the blame on this man, this third party man, when maybe he's reacting to an interest that was shown. 
and he's doing the thing that maybe he's seen in Hollywood movies where it's like if I just really exert myself and do these like very like make these overt gestures of romance like stand outside her window with a stereo over my head or have you know write down uh, me plus you equals forever, you know, in in the sky with one of those sky riding airplanes. Maybe that will be the thing that wins her heart, wins, you know, that I where I'm able to win her heart. And maybe that's the trouble that you're talking about. It's hard to say without more information, but I think you should get away from both of these people. If someone's doing all that stuff to try to get your attention and whether you flirted with them or not what difference does it make if you don't like it then just get out of there and if the man that you're with is being very unpleasant to you and that's the reason why you've decided to not you know why there's even a question of whether you should pursue a relate continue a relationship with him if he's not being very nice to you because there's this other guy who is pursuing you then maybe he's not a good person to be in a relationship with either and so make sure that you're being clear about rejecting somebody make that time and time again i have seen this where someone is interested in a person and this person is not clear about not being interested in them if you allow the door to be open even just a little bit, that is enough for the person who's interested in you to just keep on working that angle. You have to make it clear. I do not like you and there is no future with us. You have to make that clear. If you haven't done that and this third party man is pursuing you, then you have no one to blame but you're well you i mean part most of it might be whoa 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 <laughs> backtrack backtrack just make it clear if you've rejected this person make sure that they know they've been rejected and if they have been rejected and they're continuing to cause you problems then you need to get some legal action going yeah like jennifer just go straight to the straight to the legal legal department, department. yeah Call up 1-800-LEGAL-DEPARTMENT. Yes, get a lawyer. Okay. As for your next question, how do you clean white gloves? I don't know what's on the gloves. <laughs> also, I don't know how to clean white gloves. I'm assuming probably in 1910 it would involve vinegar. Yeah, probably vinegar. They like cleaning stuff with Baking vinegar. soda? Was it invented back then? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. This is a tough one. And white gloves back then were very expensive. I mean, if you're buying anything white, that mean, there's a guarantee that, you know, you, you better know that you're going to be able to keep them clean for quite a while because that's an investment. Oh, was the troublemaker, did the troublemaker uh, throw your white gloves in a puddle? <laughs> I don't know. You might have bigger issues if that's what's going on. So. All right, let's hear from Jennifer. Okay. Jennifer, what say ye? Ah, to reconcile or to circulate around the dating pool again. Always a hard question to answer. I wish we had more details on why you quarreled over this man. Was he trying to win you away from your current love? 
And how can you say you're in love with someone when you aren't even sure if you should attempt to reconcile after one argument? Of course, we don't really know what the argument was about. There could be reasons why you wouldn't want to reconcile, but since you don't state that, I find your viewpoint on this very wishy-washy, and I don't think you are as in love with this young gentleman as you claim. My siblings found out through an email from their nephew, my son, that I am going to be a grandmother. I was away at the time, having just found out myself. They all emailed their nephew to offer congratulations. It is now four days later, and not one of them has contacted me to congratulate me about the fact that I am going to be a grandmother. We otherwise have regular communication. Being oversensitive? Or are they being insensitive? That's a tough situation to be in. Be- Is it though? <laughs> I mean, sometimes there's things in life where you're like, is it really that hard for someone to do something that would be like the natural next step? It's like, congratulations, you're having a baby. And also like, I maybe I should congratulate my older sister or my, you know, whoever like the the grandparents are. And she is this a first she, she a first time grandparent? I'm assuming so. I mean, that's that's cause for congratulations, right? First time grandparent? I guess so. All I'm hearing is like, me, me, me. I'm going to be a grandma. People should focus their attention on me. It's yeah. just, no. I think I think you're being oversensitive. It's possible that the very thing, the congratulations... Um, in their mind is like, I have to exert myself to congratulate this person. It's worth it because they're going to be a new parent. Um, but maybe the congratulations will trickle in like in person. Perhaps you have family that are going to be visiting your neck of the woods like in the months to come. Or or you will periodically have a conversation with, you know, other family members. And maybe that's when the congratulations will come. So maybe be patient. Maybe you can get permission from your son and his wife, who's having actually going to be birthing the child, um, to post it on social media. And then you will get your congratulations yes you you shan't forget social media because what you're doing is you're creating a a forum for people to congratulate congratulate you and do nothing else so when you say i i'm so excited i'm going to be a grandmother and my you know daughter-in-law and son are expecting and they're due in september or whatever the case is and there is nothing else that people who follow you on Facebook or Instagram can say but congratulations. So there you go. I think that's the clear answer. Yeah. So if if you can't if you can't uh, rely on the people to congratulate you on your own, you know you can do an indirect prompt, which is posting it on social media. That's right. All right. Let's hear from Jennifer. Did your siblings reply all? because I kind of think that counts as contacting you. 
Also, the fact that your son did the work of messaging them directly means that he got the brunt of the communication back. I also can't recall ever finding out anyone was pregnant and immediately contacting their parent to congratulate them. But I don't have kids or siblings, so I don't know from experience what this is like, if there's some sort of etiquette or protocol that if your nephew and his wife are going to have a child that you have to contact your sister and be like, congratulations, grandma. Is that a thing? Obviously, it's something that's important to you. They might not have realized that it was that important to you. To be honest, it almost sounds like a little self-serving. It's not an event that's happening to you. So why do you need recognition? And I feel like there might be some misunderstanding. I don't think that your siblings are trying to be mean to you about it or like a neglectful. I think they just didn't realize that you would have wanted that kind of communication. Well, kids, that brings us to the end of our show. Yep. (laughs) And uh, we're very glad that you all wrote in over the decades um, knowing that in several, you know, several decades, a show would be created called Dream Infringement, where there would be very judgy people hosting it and would have lots and lots of, you know, helpful and unhelpful advice for you. So thanks for writing in. Yeah. And if you would like to give us your unsolicited advice, although now I'm soliciting your advice, so it's not unsolicited anymore unsolicited solicited advice (laughs) you can always do that by going on to instagram or facebook and looking up dream infringement and typing at us there and uh no advice no questions are too personal but we love all all questions and uh we just want to thank all of our different um listeners out there who every week keep coming back Yep. Thank you and goodbye. Sayonara. Sayonara.